Hi, this is Pam, and this is Must Love Food. Today, I'm joined with my colleague and friend, Haley Wilson, and we have a special guest, who, someone that Haley knows quite well, and who is, he has been a friend to Cuisine, and he has been on our podcast before, her friend and husband, uh, Sean Wilson, the uh, three times James Beard nominated chef, uh, Sean Wilson. And um, we would like to um, talk to Sean because in the midst of all of the everything that's happened this past um, spring, Sean has been involved in launching a new restaurant. And so we thought we would tap into Sean, who has launched five other restaurants here in Des Moines. Um, so he's got some perspective of how things are different when you open a restaurant under uh, quarantine. And um, I will give props to Sean and um, the group that he works with because they had intended to launch on May 4th, and they were only one month behind uh, and launched on June 4th. So, yay. yay. So, Sean, um, I know this is a kind of a broad question, but as I yes. mentioned, you have launched five restaurants here in Des Moines, um, some your own and some with others. And um, you've got a lot of uh, skills and a lot of um, uh breath in terms of your different um, types of food that you've launched in restaurants. So you went from owning your own restaurant to then uh, working for the Justice League of Food here in Des Moines, which is a place where, and you've talked about that on our podcast before, where you worked with at-risk youths to try to give them skills. Um, and uh, you were involved before um, with the Justice League of Food. Then you were kind of boots on the ground. And then you've segued into um, uh, the restaurant world again because you were lured back in with the idea of launching a restaurant with the St. Kilda Group. And uh, your new restaurant that you're working at is St. Kilda Collective. But I'm just going to kind of throw it out there. What was launching a restaurant in COVID like? <laughs> well, let's see. Where to start? It was a little stressful. So really? I, I, I started with the group literally... I was in talks with them doing different stuff with them and doing some consulting stuff here and there, nothing official. And I was, I joined the, uh, the team March 1st of 2019, uh, 2020, excuse me, literally 15 days later, everything shuts down. Um, so in the midst of this, we're actually building this nice, you know, couple million dollar facility in West Des Moines everything's going along swimmingly and I'm, I'm, we're, we're going in and out and the rug is pulled out from the entire industry. So from there we had to pivot. We really had to stop actually thinking about opening this new restaurant and our group, we are operating four other restaurants and we closed all but one of those restaurants and we kept one open just for takeout, just to see, so we can get some guys working, and also myself to be able to kind of make some money in there. Sure. Um, but adaptable. We we tried. We did everything. We moved everything from, you know, we were a, well, the particular restaurant we kept open was called Surf and Turf, and you know, we did a lot more. To we we literally did pivot and did a lot more to go with delivery. I mean. We were even delivering wine. I mean, you name it, we were doing it just to do something. But also in the background, we were still putting away, trying to figure out, you know, how to get all these contractors moving forward, trying to get the construction to stay on without veering off course because of the COVID thing. And, you know, when 
keeping all the it's like herding cats at some point <laughs> let me interrupt really quickly when you said you know you were doing the carry out with the surf and turf location now i've seen a lot of restaurants kind of update their menu to be more takeout friendly is that something that you guys did or did is the food that you uh, the, made food that, the food that we were doing at um surf and turf was pretty much pretty much easy to take out okay um not not everything like you know proof would not be designed to i mean the regular menu wouldn't be designed just to take out sure but your uh, foods would travel well correct how, yeah how did you there's like breakfast items and stuff like that how was it chosen that that was the restaurant to do takeout from because it was the most adaptable menu or no it's actually more financial reasons okay uh, the other places were paid off and you know there was no debt the only debt service we had for any of the restaurants um was that one. so that okay. was like what made sense okay um, so the ownership was like yeah we're gonna shut the other ones down and operate off of the off this one so it made sense Mm -hmm. um, that way we can also focus on the new restaurant still being open. So I've split my time. I mean, most of the time I was down downtown Des Moines and then I would run out to West Des Moines maybe once or twice a day here and there just to check something in or have a question about contractors and stuff like that or design items or items being installed and helping installing, put away stuff. I mean, just keeping things on track. So things um, were going. And they were long days for you. Oh, yeah. I would go to work at like seven and get off at like six. <laughs> wow. So, uh, so you, they were still doing work during COVID or was there a shutdown? There was obviously, I'm assuming no, there was probably. It, since, since it's kind of like there's no general public in yes. there, right? Um, the contractors. And remember, this was in March. So most of the really big things were done. It was most of like mill work and and okay. electrical mechanical stuff so these uh secondary contractors they have a crew of one or two people doing their thing sure like so yeah um, and then my team there we there's like four of us and we're the same four people every single day so sure and you're going to sanitize this place before it opens anyhow so yeah so <laughs> i mean and we do that daily now exactly um but you know moving forward when we started getting to closer to the opening day this is where it started getting really weird is you know first off you know everybody's laid off but they're all thinking that they're going to go back to their old jobs correct and you know before all this happened the unemployment in iowa was pretty low it was below three it was like 2.5 2.6 but when it's that low people don't like to do what i do you it, believe it or not it's really hard to find um mm -hmm support staff in the restaurant industry when the unemployment uh, is so low to begin with. And all of a sudden, it's all blown up. Um, all these people are now out of work. And believe it or not, it was still hard to find people. So we have two things that were happening to us now. So we had a projected date to open, um, which was going to be May 4th. Obviously, that didn't happen because of all the restrictions and stuff. So we just put it around, work on the menu. And then we started thinking about, oh my God, the supply chain of how to get product mm. Mm. Be disrupted. So that was one of the biggest hurdles I... that we had to, to cross. Mm -hmm. Now trying to find not just staff in the midst of all this coming up, because people, A, 
we're still in lockdown. We're still trying to find people to work, interviewing people don't want to come out of their house for an interview or come to a weird place. And then we're looking at prices of commodity goods, beef, chicken, dairy. I mean, they're through the roof. So, you know, we have like eight, nine vendors and we're going through their laundry list of products and looking at the best prices and then looking at future prices to see if, you know, if they're going to come down, are they going to go is up? Is it sustainable? Is it going to be, yeah, is mm -hmm. it going to be sustainable? How are we going to, can we order this a week, two weeks in advance? Do you have any, I mean, it was, it was kind of a, a very, really stressful headache. The first I imagine. Beginning of the end of May going into June. So did you modify the menu as a result of that? And then uh, you, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about the menu too. Well, yeah, we did modify it. So just because of all the protocols that we had, and some of them are self-imposed as well of, of with guidelines from the governor or the CDC. But, you know, we were planning to open up seven days a week, um, seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., well, with all this going on, we modified our hours, and our hours are currently right now, which changes pretty soon. Uh, actually, it changes this week um, <laughs> to uh, 8 to 10, so seven days a week, 8 to 10, um, and have two, two different menus. So basically what we had to do when we first opened up is we, we, shut, we, we cut two days off of our actual operation days, and we have one menu. So mm -hmm. it's same menu from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. That's that's what we're open right. But now. that includes breakfast With and lunch. dinner options, yeah, right? Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, going in with the the concept of the other places, you know, we we have we're going to be a breakfast place, lunch and dinner. But since we're all this COVID thing is going on, we just decided to keep it simple and stupid and just keep one menu. <laughs> um, and keep it good. And, and, and yeah, I, and, I know your food, Sean. <laughs> and it's pretty awesome that we can actually, it was not, we got to ease into the new restaurant. So, mm -hmm. you know, when, you know, it's something very new like that. We could have been like busy right off the gauntlet and it had been crazy town. So but, having half those seats open was a good Yeah, thing. so we So had, you had kind of extended uh, soft opening? I would say that because we okay. were at 50% capacity and you still have to have six feet part and all the things that we're doing on so we got to ease into this so we got the breakfast and lunch and now we're in day 12 and breakfast and lunch or day 15 something like that mm -hmm. down and now we have to start thinking about dinner now so you know as of the 23rd we're actually going to split uh the menu finally so we'll have a lunch time or a breakfast and lunch dinner i mean breakfast and lunch menu and then a dinner menu so it's a little similar to the original flagship St. Kilda. I think they do. They have something like that at their menu at their restaurant. No, the only thing the uh, the only like the 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 original St. Kilda Cafe and Bakery that's on uh, downtown. They're only open from eight to three. Oh, I thought they had evening. No. Okay. No. Okay. Um, so and tell the, us. The Surf and Turf does evenings. Okay. So what's uh, what uh, what did you concept for your menu? 
Okay, tell her about the salmon. I went in with my neighbor uh, their opening day, and I had the salmon dish, and I couldn't have loved it more. And Sean knows that I will tell him if there's anything <laughs> that needs to happen. Uh, um, just a little background. Uh, Sean and Haley met, actually, at culinary school. And so they're both graduates of the same culinary school, and uh, I think share a lot of uh, food um, talk amongst uh, one or between one another. Yes. Well, you know, for me, if I get a dish that is not up to standard as far as I'm concerned, I need to let Sean know. It's my responsibility sure. so that, you know, other diners yeah. don't experience the same thing. Well, and he does the same for you for uh, food that you create uh, or yeah. anybody else. If you've brought something home, he will give uh, his two cents and, and we've all benefited from that. Yes. So yeah. give us the deets about the salmon. Yes. Salmon dish. Yes. Well, uh, I don't even know what the salmon dish is. <laughs> no, the salmon dish. So, what's fun is this was uh, a particular dish. This is a, what's great about the menu that we currently have is you can have this dish at eight in the morning or eight at night. So, the salmon dish is uh, it's a wild sockeye salmon uh, that's grilled on an open hearth, what live wood fire, um, seasoned with sumac lime and fennel but on that dish also uh, we do a green uh, spring garlic and, i mean a spring onion and green garlic hash browns basically mm. on the plate uh, with a remoulade um salmon and then we make this really awesome this is idiot genius moment where it's a uh the mint salsa verde that's mm -hmm. topped on there so that salsa verde has mint, dill, parsley, um, Fresno, shallot, horseradish. Mmm. It's delicious. I didn't even I'm... know there was horseradish in it. Still <laughs> love it. I, 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 I'm, I'm up there. You, there, you, um, you had me at horseradish. <laughs> yeah. Sliced radishes on top. Also finished with like cured egg yolk and I think that's it, right? I don't even remember. I just, it was so good. I want to have it again. Oh, well, that's a, that's high praise. I think I'm going to have that's to. That's somebody that's, that's over salmon. I'm Pardon? not on the salmon train. Are you? Yeah. Well, I was over salmon after culinary school because we had salmon all the time. I think it was four um, times a week. Yeah. And it was, I mean, in the cafeteria and everything. Um, but it was farm raised salmon and, you know, wild salmon just tastes better. It does. It just does. It does. Well, and if it's cooked well, and then if you've got some horseradish, something going on there, <laughs> and, you, and you have some hash browns. <laughs> yeah, it, that sounds amazing. So it would I mean, you the say, hash browns are more like a roadie, like yeah. a roasty. Okay, sure. So would you say it's sort of um, elegant Americana food or elegant no, diner fare? No, I mean, again, we're, it's a breakfast lunch and then dinner so breakfast and lunch is going to be pretty static i would still say it was elevated it still has the class i mean you've been to the other st kilda's yep. it's it's along those lines maybe it's slightly different maybe a little better um but dinner is again uh going to be its own beast it's it's whatever we want so basically the lunch and dinner lunch and breakfast menu it's going to be pretty static it might change maybe four times out of the year where dinner will we can change 
in real time, like every okay. day if we wanted to, or every every other day. So our goal for dinner really is every two weeks we would drop two dishes and bring two one two new ones on, so you can truly cook with the season mm -hmm. um, versus just doing hard changes every three months. How how deep of a menu do you have? Like um, for well, you know, we still um, our lunch menu, our breakfast and lunch menu probably has around. 15, 15, 18 items. Um, our dinner menu will probably have about 12, uh, I, can't, I don't know, 12 to 20 items. <laughs> so would you, say, would you say you spent a fair amount of your time early on during COVID kind of developing the menu and all of that kind of thing? Um, we did. Um, uh -huh. Besides, you know, working uh, at Serpent Turf and helping with their daily operations. Um, I was doing a lot of work after hours or here and there actually working on developing that the breakfast and lunch menu and a couple of dinner items, knowing that we weren't going to do dinner right off the bat. Um, I then had, had help of uh, my staff, three other people that uh, have run their own shops before too and get it and have pretty good insight of the area and just uh, basic, not basic, but extended knowledge, culinary knowledge. So it was, it was fun not have to do it myself. Sure. But again, it's like herding cats because <laughs> you have so well, many, you know, like so many, you know, too many, you know, chiefs and not enough semen. <laughs> too many cooks in the kitchen. So. Mm -hmm. Did you, Sean, develop the cocktail menu, or was that someone else? The cocktail menu I did not develop. I okay. did develop. I did develop the wine menu. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's one cocktail there that. So I went for breakfast the following day, and um, <laughs> uh, my dad and Kay Michelle wanted to have cocktails at breakfast, and it went from mimosas to um, other things. And Kay Michelle <laughs> ordered a uh, a mezcal margarita. Mm. And it was very good. It was pink. Do you remember what? Yeah, I know. I, I to make know. it pink. Can you tell us? More? I don't. It was a little bit spicy. It was really good. I don't know. Mm. It was really good. Here's the thing: is it wasn't too smoky though. Here's so the thing: I think, is yeah. I do not like mezcal. Well, that's true. Not even a little bit. Um, I don't think this the smokiness of the mezcal was overpowering in this drink. Mm. Um, because sometimes for me it can be as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I don't dislike mezcal, but I'm not on the same train as everybody else who's such a, I mean, I love tequila, so. Yeah, um, I love tequila. I just right. don't like smoke. I mean, I like whiskey. Don't uh -huh. And I like scotch. I just don't like Highland scotch because sure. I, don't, I don't care that it rains 347 days a year <laughs> and the only way you can dry your hobs and malt out is by burning mud. Cool with that. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to touch on two things too. Um, for uh, you listening, um, anybody in the Des Moines area, um, the uh, St. Kilda Collective is in the um, Valley um, Junction area of um, Des Moines West and Moines. West Des Moines, excuse me. Uh, yes, it's just kind of over the, the border from um, D Des Moines proper to West Des Moines. And um, uh, St. Kilda, the whole group, as Sean said, there are four other, was that it? Four other? properties well, we or have, there's four total we have we have st kilda cafe and bakery we have st kilda surf and turf and then we have the collective and those are the three places you can dine 
Okay. And we also run DSM Catering, which is one of the premier catering companies in the metro. Um, it's run by St. Kilda. Sure. And so just a little background on St. Kilda. Um, that group, um, I'm not sure of the um, owner's name, um, but he is from Australia by way of Brooklyn, where he owns several establishments in Brooklyn. And I believe his wife is from um, Iowa, and that's how ended up in Iowa. Yes, yeah, his, wife, okay. his wife is from Des Moines. He's originally from uh, Melbourne, Australia. And he's been I have a friend from there. 27 years, and he's owned... This uh, St. Kilda will be his 12th restaurant that he opened. And he owns a couple of restaurants in Brooklyn and some in Midtown. Mm -hmm. But okay. all of it was cafe. He was from the cafe world, you know, and he, he knows sure. what he's doing. So. Yeah. Um, it, was a, it was a nice um, change of pace when, um, when he came here and opened his establishments. And I think it's a nice fit for you to work with that group. But I remember seeing, I'm just going to say this, and I think I saw a couple posts from you, Sean, um, on um, social media. You have some new toys that you're playing with at the restaurant. Is that right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything in particular you want to call out? or is there? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I would say it's probably, for instance, the cooking line is, is basically the, is a Heston cooking line. So literally it's the only Heston cooking line in the Midwest. Can you explain what that is? So Heston yeah. is a brand, okay? Uh -huh. Basically, um, it's one of the premier brands. So all all of Thomas Keller's restaurants now own Heston. Who? <laughs> Thomas kidding. Keller. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so you usually you find them on the coast, and you won't. There's not even a Heston line in Chicago. Like this is the first Heston they installed in the Midwest. Who who pushed for this? Was that a? Uh, um... You're doing, or how was that decision? Where was that decision made? That decision actually was made before I came on. I helped kind of like design it, but them going with that. Okay. Definitely they're doing. We also have uh, another, and that's all made in the United States. We also have another nice. big toy called, um, you know, a grill work, grills work uh, grill out of Michigan. Um, and that's really fancy. It's a full, open fire hearth argentinian style grilling system wow that's wicked hot i probably lost about 15 pounds <laughs> just working on it <laughs> so the heston so what is what does that incorporate what pieces or equipment is it that's the range that's the the that's the whole cooking suite so ranges okay. ovens work areas got it, it okay it, it and it's sort of like a, a choose your own adventure situation right like they offer all these things and you okay the pieces that you yeah. kind of want and okay and it's custom too got so it you, you design the space and they're like okay we'll put like three burners here yeah you know, it's Ooh. It's all That's like kid in a candy store. I know, right? Um, <laughs> and the name Heston, can you explain that too? Because I don't think everybody knows what it's. No, Heston is just the company. It has nothing to do with Heston. For, um, Blumenthal? Nope. Oh, it doesn't? Oh, I've been thinking that this whole time. Oh. Nope. <laughs> um, and then the grill work. So what do you do on the uh, kind of things? Are you cooking on the um, open fire hearth? Um, oh, you know, there, I mean, it, it seems... Regular fare, you know, proteins, chicken, fish, vegetables. We'll do some desserts off there. Like we do this really awesome uh, strawberry 
I call it a charred strawberry salad. So the greens are from local, you know, farmer, same as the strawberries. But we literally throw strawberries into the embers and char them. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's how. Yep. Cool. That's. It parts a really cool flavor to them. And, you know, we, with this nice robiola vinaigrette that we toss mm. with it. So. Yum. So, so there's a lot of different cool ways to use that besides just like we've like wired up or hung uh, vegetables and stuff around the edges to just impart some smoke. Uh, <laughs> and is it like a, a pulley style system for lowering and No, it's just a crank. So if, if there's actually a chain driven system where you can get closer to the grill or higher bending okay. on so you don't really needs of the grill or how hot the fire is so stuff. it's kind of like open fire grilling like or pit grilling kind of like um yeah so there's okay. open pit it's not even you know you're not even doing coals it's designed to cook right over the fire if you need to uh, yeah and you have these two things to just go up and down versus where you want and you adjust the heat based on how high your grate is right yeah okay so we always wow. keep thing cranking but you adjust the heat by moving the actual cook surface that seems like a lot of trial and error perhaps it's a pain but you get it <laughs> it's probably really fun once you get the hang of it it is it is fun but it's also trial and error i imagine so would you recommend opening a restaurant during a pandemic <laughs> no i don't <laughs> But here's the thing: is like lessons how, learned. Nobody has a has a crystal playbook. Ball. No, absolutely not. You know this 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 project was born two years ago. It was almost to completion when all this happened. So, you know, I guess it really depends on where you're at in your project. So, um, so kind of when you came on board, the location was chosen. I imagine I'm. You said a lot of the framework and all of um, down the avenue was done. So you were coming in really to do some of the really menu development. Is that right? Menu, develop, menu and, and staff development. Sure. Um, procedure development. And mm -hmm. Working with uh, purveyors and getting those lines open and stuff like that. And so how is that now with the purveyors? Is that kind of opening up or have you? Yes. In the um, so, you know. In the last month or so, actually in the last couple of weeks, um, product is starting to be a little easier to get. The prices haven't necessarily come down, um, which I don't know if that will happen. Um, but um, availability is definitely easier to come by. Like certain companies now are instead of doing one or two deliveries a week, um, they're be able, they're able to get product in uh, more frequently, especially when we're dealing with our specialty purveyors to mm -hmm. um, either you know Chicago or you know the left or right coast. Uh, getting things here is a lot easier within the last week or so. so that's good. So are you are the purveyors that you're using the same purveyors that are being used mostly uh, across all of the St. Kilda? Um, Establishments? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Except for a couple of the specialty ones, but some of the the broad liners that we use pretty much used throughout the the, the restaurant group. So how big of a, an establishment? So you uh, the the rules are off now. So it's it's um, 
not 50% capacity anymore? It's 100% well, capacity? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, yes and no. It's, okay. There is no 50% capacity. You have to do, it can be at 100. We still need to be six feet apart. Oh, Which okay. kind of means you're at 50% capacity. Yeah. Uh, what about outside? <coughs> Are you, uh, do you have outside seating? We don't have any outside seating. Okay. I mean, um, the, the, the space itself, so the great thing about the space is it's, it's a very large space. It's about 7,000 square feet. Oh. The kitchen is completely open, so you can see everything that's going on. Uh-huh. So that's part of the, the experience. And then we actually have a, um, probably about 10 seats where you can actually sit at the bar staring into the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So you, I can turn around and just start talking to you. That's how close you are. Is that regular seating, or do you need to specifically the, request that? Those or? are depending on like what we have going on. So if we have like a an event where we're doing a cater, well, we'll we'll back up to that. But uh, we do have within that thing we have a um, the catering area or a event space that's towards the back. So like if we were doing a large party for like 40, 50 people. I don't think you'd sit at that counter because we'd use most of that for plating and stuff like that. Okay. But for like a regular night here and there, yeah, definitely. Okay. Right now, so uh, is my preferred place. Anything. You're not, not doing. Oh, sure. Any seating there. Okay. Uh, and we probably won't do seating there for a very long time. <laughs> uh, is that because you um, the six feet issue? Correct. Okay. And, you know, having people that close to close the to the food, I wondered, yeah. are you guys having to mask up? Wow. Um, we so one of the protocols that we have is we do have masks. Um, and, you know, if guests come in with masks, we're completely fine. If they don't have masks, we're completely fine. Um, we are not requiring our staff to wear them. But if you but we do tell you when you sit down, if you want us like if I was your server and be like, would you like me to wear a mask? We actually will ask you that. And sure. If they say yes, then we have no problems with that. Sure. The kitchen, we, we went toiling with that. The fact that we were going to try to wear a mask, but the line itself was about 145 degrees. Yeah. And I was like, you're going to, all the cooks will quit. <laughs> <laughs> so, but also we also looked, we, we followed the science and there's hasn't any been food transmission of COVID. Anywhere. Sure. Sure. So, you know, science is on our side on that side. Also, okay. it's really hot. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so you don't have any restrictions on your, um, it's 100%, but you've got the, the six feet rule. So correct. are you doing like every other table kind of thing? Every other table, correct. We do okay. every other table and we won't do parties over six. Still. Okay. So you take reservations? It Correct. sounded like okay. Yes, we, do. we take take reservations. We do walk-ins. Do you have reservation via Open Table or? Um, you can find us on Yelp. Okay. Directory there, uh, and you can get reservations or go to the website. Okay, um, but and you do take walk-ins, but we cannot sit at the bar because my favorite place to sit in a restaurant is well, the bar, and I okay. love to look at a kitchen. <laughs> well, we, there's two bars. There's the bar oh, okay. itself. Which oh. is where you can sit there. You can sit at the okay, regular bar like any other place where the bartender is going to serve you a drink. We also okay. have a bar where you sit right in front of the kitchen. It's separate. I gotcha. Okay. You can't sit there. Okay. Now I understand. No, that makes sense that being that close to the food and you want to just err on the side of 
caution. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the public appreciates that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so you can still sit at a bar and have a cocktail sure. and a glass of wine. Okay. You can't sit at the the second bar in front of the kitchen. And you can <laughs> eat it you can eat at the first bar too as yes. well along with your cocktail. Okay. Yep. Um so uh I don't know, Sean. I um I'm sure this is not what you thought you were signing on for when you <laughs> um, No. no. <laughs> Definitely not. But I would say, at least from an outsider's perspective, you know, getting the inside scoop um, that the group he works for has handled this all really well. Um, you know, maybe behind the scenes, it's been crazy, you know, like ducks underwater, you know, uh-huh. that's everybody, of, you know, um, but it seems like things have worked out really well as far as like which staff to keep and keep things moving really well. And um when to bring people back and I don't know, maybe it was just timing, but you know, I'll sure. attribute to the owner and group as well. Owner's uh, name, Alex Hall. Yeah. Thank you. And I mean, I think that's probably all leadership. I mean, from him and stemming down um, all of you guys who are sort of at the helm of different places, but I think it's leadership that trickles down and also adaptability. And I think, you know, when you have to make a quick decision, sometimes it, it sometimes it's easy because it's, you really can cut through so much of that BS and and really just say in or out, yay or nay. Yeah, um, I mean, there's no there's no emotion tied to it. It's all fact based, and and you know they try to take the emotion out of it because you can make bad or good decisions. Sure. <laughs> over emotionally. Um, but I would think that it makes you feel good to be part of a group that um, you. Um, you're, you know, pleased with the way that they have adapted and that they have proceeded. Um, I think that makes a, I would think that makes a big uh, difference in one's uh, life and career. Oh, totally. You know, if I, I, when I sold proof and I was out and I was, was pretty much not gone out to pasture, but I was like, I'm done with it. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, I, I accomplished everything I needed to do. Um, and then, uh, they pulled me back in. <laughs> well, uh, I think. And I wouldn't have done that for anybody. So. Sure. Um, I feel real comfortable there. Uh, hey, any lessons learned, you would say, in, in this period of time, whether from transition from Proof to the Justice League to St. Kilda or just kind of uh, adapting during um, pandemic? And if not, that's fine. But uh, if there's I any mean, believe it or not, I mean, uh, there's not many things have changed in this over all the different places I've worked or helped open or open myself. I mean, it's all the same things, just timing is really different. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily, I've learned, I, from my experience is what I, that I've had over the last you know, 20 years is what really helped me get through and help the organization get through uh, what we were doing. So just being make just being smart, being frugal, and you know, just communicating a lot. Yes, definitely over communicating. There's lots of <laughs> lots and lots of communicating. Uh, uh, what I like about everybody is what I mean about this is that everybody's pretty much actively aggressive, so mm -hmm. you know exactly where everybody stands. There is that's no, the restaurant world, is, isn't it? <laughs> well, I wish that was everywhere. Okay, and the fact that. You know where exactly everybody stands. There is no reading between the lines. What did you mean by this? Or is it like, this is what we need. This is how it works. Any questions? 
All right. Again, again, that whole take the emotion out of it, yes or no, Correct. make quick decisions and move on. Let's yeah. not belabor this. Correct. Well, and I think, you know, it's kind of getting back to basics. I'm standing in front of a stove. I'm cooking. I'm doing something I know. But as you said, 20 years, I think, what do they, what do they say that um, it's when, when experience and opportunity meet and you then excel or succeed? And I think that's part of it. It's you have a wealth of experience. You've stood in front of a stove. You've uh, opened restaurants. You've developed menus. And um it's uh, so it was sort of like, yeah, I got this. I've done this before. And um, uh, yeah, and the great part of it is that I, I don't, there's part of it that I don't have to do. Like, right. You know, when I owned it, I was a chef owner. Sure. Yeah. You know, I was, well, I was doing the owner stuff and like doing payroll, messing with the city, fixing things that need to be broke, HR, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm thinking, oh, while I'm doing all that, I'm thinking about the kitchen. <laughs> right. Like, the technician side of it all and vice versa. If I'm in the kitchen, just doing what I'd love to do, I'm thinking about the whole business. Now that I'm working with a group, I only have a couple of functions that I really need to worry about. I don't need to worry about the state or payroll or HR or, you know, if something broke, I just fix it. I, and I call somebody and then that's somebody else decides ledger. My job is literally to cultivate, educate, and mentor the staff coming through at the same time facilitating great standards and great food and then just being creative so now you know i'm not necessarily i don't take myself that seriously but i'm just trying to get everybody to take what they do very seriously we still have fun in what we're doing but right now well, since that bandwidth is so much smaller now as in get to really focus on the things that i why I was brought there to excel at. Well, and I was going to say, and they're the functions that you really want to fun focus on and that you enjoy. Yes. Um, take, take the, the, get you out of the weeds so much and some of that, hey, listen, I think we all um, would love to be able to focus in that arena just that uh, we love. And I'm happy that you, you found a place to be able to do that. And um, uh, yeah. Um, well, I think Des Moines is lucky to have you in the uh, food scene, and I think we are lucky that you are continuing to um, uh, be at the helm and um, create and mentor and, um, and lead. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to going there, uh, sitting at the bar. Haley, I think we need to uh, make a date. <laughs> yes, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, come on down. <laughs> uh, I cannot wait. So... Um, Today, we've been talking to uh, Sean Wilson, Haley Wilson. His wife and I have been talking to uh, Sean Wilson, um, three times James Beard nominated chef. And uh, he is at St. Kilda Collective in West Des Moines in the Valley Junction area of West Des Moines. Um, there are two other locations of St. Kilda in Des Moines proper. Um, there's the St. Kilda Cafe I'm, bakery. and Bakery. and Surf and Turf by St. Kilda. And that is in uh, the East Village in Des Moines. And um, if you haven't tried their food, it's uh, it's definitely worth a stop. Uh, I actually replicated one of their dishes for uh, cuisine. Um, what was it? It was the mushroom toast that they have at the cafe. Really, really good. Um, 
but uh, I look forward to trying um, some of your food at uh, the collective, Sean. So thank you for giving us some insight into um, your world and um, launching a restaurant in during COVID and also just your new experience. Um, we appreciate yeah. your time. And uh, so... Um, Check back with Must Love Food next week and follow us. Uh, look at um, cuisineathome.com for uh, inspiration and recipes and um, follow us on all of the social media for um, recipes and some fun tidbits here and there. So thanks for joining us today and look forward to you, you uh, coming back next week. All right. Thanks, Pam. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.